1: G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we're on with my co-host, my mum. She's a very, very special guest today. Um, and My normal co-host, Paul Michael Boland, who I know you all love, is feeling a little under the weather today. So we're on with my, one of my favorite people in the world um, and somebody who knows a hell of a lot more about the entertainment industry than even me. Mum, welcome to the show. Her name is Patty H. Patty, uh, Patty started, so weird to call you Patty. It's like really weird. Uh, mom, can you tell <laughs> everyone a little bit about yourself? I'm so uncomfortable with this. Like, I love hosting with you. I oh. love being on air with you. But I'm like, I, I can't call you Patty. It's, I, it feels wrong.
2: <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, um, you know, being your mother is a- an absolute delight, mm-hmm. of course. But uh, <laughs> I, I started out in the entertainment industry probably at around uh, 17. Um, I was dancing then. And uh, kind of just snowballed, and that became my uh, focus for the future. And that's what I did for probably 35 years is dance. And I've been on TV. I've done Vegas. I've been a backup singer for Neil Sadaka and uh, Del Shannon. Um, you were on the Gong Show. That to me was the coolest thing. Yes, I I did the Gong Show. Uh huh. I'm still trying to bring up the. Um, the, the tape of that. I've got it, but I can't open it. Haven't worked that one
1: out yet. <laughs> I will say the coolest but thing there... I always tell everyone that you uh, you taught dance to the guy that shot Martin Luther King while you were involved, mm. involved in the civil rights movement, I guess. So that's like a, a kind of a um, bit of a dichotomy there.
2: Yeah, possibly. I do <laughs> um, I, I, it was definitely very shocking to come into work. I, that was, my first job at a uh, National Dance Studio in Long Beach, and uh, you know this was a mousy little guy. You wouldn't have even dreamed he would have been involved in anything like that. and um, you know, he was just happily learning uh, current dancing and ballroom dancing. he went by a fake name, and one day I walked into the studio, and it was old <laughs> FBI agents. So, of course, they pulled me aside, and then we chatted. And Then when I got home, I had the uh, newspaper people waiting on my porch. It was a little exciting but very daunting, to be honest with you. I mean, you're a young kid, and you don't really understand what's going on.
1: I think it's, you know. it, it would be a very strange thing to be involved in. Now you were, you know, you were involved in civil rights. You um, were a proponent of civil rights. What do you think about what's going on right now with um, kind of the with uh, Black Lives with Matter with Black Lives Matter? Yeah, because I think it's interesting to ask someone who was there during the last big civil rights movement.
2: And I've also been through all the riots. The LA Watts riots, Long Beach riots, you name it. You know, so they've been around for a long time. I found the biggest problem with this is they're not really being sensible about what they want. Okay, we're looking, we're looking at the police. We're obviously dealing with that now and trying to remedy that. You know, I'm very pro-police. I wasn't when I was a kid, but you know, you grow up. The um, They need to ask the right question. What is it exactly that they want? Okay, we, we talked about them being singled out for police brutality, um, and that's got to be dealt with pretty harshly, and I think that people are on that right now. In terms of benefits and advantages, the truth is they everybody... And I, I've seen it with um, women. I've seen it with African Americans. Uh, I'm sorry, the words eluding me for them. The government saying you've got to have you know three men and one woman. You've got to have two whites and one African American. You know, oh, you're talking, um, yeah, okay.
1: Uh, you know, affirmative action.
2: Yes, yeah, thank you very much. Affirmative action. And uh, that has been going on for years. So I I don't
1: really understand some of it, to be honest with you. So one of the big things that's going on right now, and I get what you're saying. I think the biggest problem is the Black Lives Matter movement is really spread out. I'm actually a big fan of um, the Black Lives Matter movement. I put money in there. I've been giving money to the NAACP and really uh, trying to help, especially online, because I think you hit of the nail course. on the head. There is a lot of uh, racial discrepancy going on in the country, and it's so widespread. But so is the message. So is um, so. I, I get what you're saying. I think nailing down a more succinct way of of asking asking for it. You know, when women wanted the right to vote, they wanted the right to vote. Um, and I think equal rights is an incredibly important thing, but I think something um, maybe that uh, but, you people know, in the Black Lives Matter movement should consider is saying equal protection, because the, the yeah. largest argument is they're not being afforded equal protection.
2: Well, we can turn that around and say neither <coughs> are the um, individuals with uh, special needs. I mean, I watched a boy get shot across the street. I've read so many different things. And, yes. they're, you know, it, it all gets down to training. And um, the police are also supposed to have, um, like, a social worker or somebody, you know, mental health worker, to mm-hmm. be able to go out to some of these things. And apparently there aren't any. So they go no, out the bottom and then they wind up killing the people. <laughs> and I'm only using that, you know, aligning that with the Black Lives Matter that there's no fairness for no. really anyone. So how do you say, you know, we are the um people most disadvantaged from it? The um I mean also looking at the statistics, um I know people are going to think I'm racist when I say this, which is a joke. But
1: um, then don't say it.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a simple joke. One. No, I'm
2: just talking about what. What is the majority of um, the people in the jails? Are these people that were, you know, caught and they were innocent? Are these people the ones that are really? You know, murdering and gangs. Um,
1: So most people in prison, especially from the African-American community, are in for drug crimes. They're in for small amounts of marijuana and they're in for crack cocaine. Now, uh, if you have regular cocaine, high-end cocaine that someone in our industry would have, uh, it is a misdemeanor. But if you have crack, it is a felony. It's, It's changed some now. Now, you have people that have been sitting in jail 20 years for $5 worth of marijuana. Under the uh, old law. Yes, I, so, I thought they would have resolved all that by now though, no, Summer, ma'am. because no, they, they since haven't.
2: they've legalized it.
1: No, they haven't. They haven't. If you So that it's not retroactive. If you're in prison for, your, for a drug crime, you're still there. So there are people that are spending yeah. life in prison under the three strikes rule that were never released that were in for three strikes of marijuana. So there's a lot right, of... But, and, uh, <clears throat> and when you disproportionately police an area, meaning you send more police to an area because you perceive that area as bad, you're going to get more mm-hmm. arrests. And that's the argument. And I, I can see that. It makes sense. You know, if you say that, okay, what is is a bad area? So we're going to send in um, additional police cars. We're going to send in additional um, uh, additional police to look after this area, then you're going to have more arrests from that area, but it actually came from people in the areas outside of those areas being afraid of the black communities. So they lobbied for additional police protection and additional police patrolling in those areas. They actually harken back to Jim Crow era laws. So all of this started during the Jim Crow era and those policing policies still exist. Now, again, I'm very Um, pro-police, but I also think when you're dealing with bad cops, they need to be Penalties twice as severe as a civilian because they were in a trusted position, just FYI. Not just penalties. They need to be gone. And they I know. Agree. I mean, you know,
2: I mean, if you're going to hire somebody from the KKK, I mean, what is, what is their beliefs? And I know they take psycho- psychology tests. Um, they do. Before you go into the police department, because I remember taking one. And if anybody knows how to take a test, you do know how to answer some of those questions. That's that true. you know it's very are very the, the correct Let's say what you think they would Want to hear
1: Well I think it's it's also so, perception It's like we used to use the term people use the term That's gay to mean that's Stupid um, ghetto Is a term associated with Black people where it originally came from Jews in the ghetto um, I think the negative connotations being put on People like I had someone online Tell me to go suck a big black dick My first response was Please yeah. let it be Shamar Moore's Like, hell yes, I will do that, but let it be Shamar Moore. Um, Apparently, that was not the answer he was expecting. But (laughs) (laughs) apparently that was the wrong answer. It was supposed to be an insult. I kind of missed that part. But when you you add race as an insult, and I'm very guilty of it, I can get kind of classist. The term I use most often is white trash. I'm like, that is white trash. I hate that. That's white trash. Um, And that's because my mother... Uh, is very, uh, is a little bit elitist mother. Um, no, I'm, I'm kidding. She's actually not, she's really down to earth. I'm just, I'm just being a bitch, but, but I'd like to remind everyone, every time we use bad language, we give money to the boys and girls club of America, the humane society of America and free MMA. It's matched by voice America. Well, you we know what? Swear That's fucking we great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so great. Now my mom and I are swearing at each other. Love it. Um, just remember, we swear because we care But it's, it's I, I get it when, when you use When you use, I think, race as like a pejorative insult it, it changes things I didn't, you know, I, I understood him telling me to suck a uh, suck a dick Was supposed to be an insult It was that he had to put the whole race thing in there I was like, oh, I didn't realize that part was supposed to be an insult And apparently my response, could it be or Just shouting out, if was there, I'm totally up for that um but it's uh, uh it's it's very odd how people use kind of race as an insult and I think coming from a different country, um I know you told me about this mum when we first moved here. You're like it's it's a little different there and I got here and I was like, damn, everyone's racist. <laughs> it was very weird. I found though
2: in Australia they were racist. I mean, you know, I was a wOG because I was a foreigner.
1: So yes. I, I, <laughs> So all I, I got all just, Australia is a different little... kind of racist. We're a different kinds yeah. of racist. Australia <laughs> insults everyone equally. Um, that's true. It really does, like, I've never met an Australian. If they, if an Australian doesn't insult you, they don't like you, but it's mm-hmm. a very, well, that's it, a very really weird. Pulling the Mickey out of you. Yes. It's, and here you know, it's a different. There's a different, there's, there's an uncomfortableness that I didn't feel in Australia. Well, there are so
2: many targeted words that set people off. You know, I didn't want to, I I grew up being called a kike. I had to ask what that meant. And, oh, man, I really resented that ever since. You know, and I'm the least Jewish person I know. But still, you know, I I did not. And I think everybody, you know, or Mexicans, everybody has the same problem.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think it's, and I, I'm used to like I've heard in Australia the jokes like they'll people I've heard cracks like throwing around money like a Jew with no arms and hearing something w- with from like that in Australia, I heard that like it's it's more of a mint in jest and people don't take offense and here it's almost um, caustic when people say things like that. Like I'll hear the jo- the jokes in both countries, and it's almost like there's an underlying. I I wouldn't know how to explain it We have to go to break when we come back We're going to be chatting just a little bit more Then we're going to be on with our very, very special guest I'm Summer Helene, we're on with my co-host Patty H, known as my mom (laughs) Also known as my mom We're going to put up our social media So you can go and torment her And we'll be right back after this
0: (laughs) Streaming live The leader in internet talk radio VoiceAmerica.com here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to
1: Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we're on with my very, very special guest co host today, Patty uh, H. H. Also known as my mom. mom yeah, hello, hello. Show. Welcome back to the show. We just went to break. So, okay, we, so going... we have a very special guest today. Yeah, my special guest co-host. I like that. I love when I get to do stuff with you because we just kind of go off on our tangents that we probably shouldn't go on and we're going to get hate mail for. Um, uh <laughs> so The next thing I'm going to touch on is a couple of different things. Um, we have some interesting interesting news uh kim Kardashian obviously is worried about kanye west's mental health that's not really news i think the entire world is worried about kanye west's mental health um the big news is (laughs) they're not thinking he's gonna win though for president no (laughs) so he's he's got severe bipolar and the trump campaign paid a lot of money and hired lawyers for kanye west to put him on the ballot in other states to try and take votes away from biden so essentially, um, their hope is that he'll take away some of Biden's votes. So Donald Trump has funneled money into Kanye West's campaign. Uh, Kim Kardashian's upset because she thinks he's taking advantage of a man with severe mental health issues, which he is. But which which one? I'm just going to joke and say which one, honey. Yeah, it's a valid point. I, I don't understand what's going on with Trump anymore. Jesus. Like I get it, he worked in the entertainment industry, so I heard so many stories about him before he ran. A few of them good, most of them not. Um, oh yeah. But the biggest thing I find so strange is, uh, and maybe because Australia doesn't get this like with like this with politics, like people can be partisan, but they'll switch parties. They do all kind. Of, it's it's way looser. Is kind of the entrenched. Um, view like we 've got two hundred thousand dead people, and everyone it's just like you know a bunch of people like reelect the guy that 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 allowed this to happen so it's very weird to me it's it's very strange i don't understand it well and, and,
2: you know it's hard too with the the voting thing because i 'm finding myself under a lot of pressure from like family members, do you want to vote um what's going to be good for us, or do you want to vote communist? What does that tell you? So, I mean... It, it tells me that somebody watches I, I too much Fox haven't news. Decided. I I honestly have not decided. I just... Because I wouldn't vote for either one if I really had an option.
1: I think... See, I like... I actually like Biden. Um, for those that are listening, my assistant Alexis doesn't. Um, I'm usually, like, left of Lenin. I'm very liberal. But... In this particular election, Mr. I like Leonard, Biden. Oh, my God. <laughs> I like him because he's, he's very much a centrist. It's the same reason I liked John McCain. And I think right now it's centrist. I mean, I, I liked Bernie Sanders' policies, but I think if the Democratic Party had moved left, it would isolate the people that were feeling left out um, from the Trump campaign. And I'm really interested in people like the Lincoln Project, which are diehard Republicans they were the Bush voters, they were the McCain voters, they were the Romney voters that are coming out for Biden. And the reason the Democrats chose a centrist rather than someone who's very left was because they felt that they didn't want everyone kind of excluded. And I found it interesting that so many Republicans are endorsing Biden. Um, and the, the best way I heard it oh, yes. was... Oh, yeah. No, no. I, I can understand it.
2: I, <laughs> I absolutely can, because... The shenanigans, unfortunately, that I feel Trump has pulled, even though I also feel he's done some really good stuff, you know. But like what? The I think what did me was the uh, uh, pandemic, only because it's, of the way it was handled. I, you can't ignore something, and I understood his response. Oh, I didn't want to uh, frighten the American public. Well, let them make that
1: decision. I, I mean. Think- for heaven's it's, sakes. It's the lying. He just got fact-checked in his last town hall. I think Lex double-checked this for me. It was like 27 lies in four minutes. Um, he is now gone well, on record. Well, could have been exaggerations, Summer. No, they, they were outright <laughs> lies. There's actually, it's I a record. Uh, I have the best policy. I've never seen, I mean, I've seen politicians lie. I work with politicians um, but it's. I think it's the level of lying. It's absurd, and it seems at this point like a mental illness. But when you... That and when he said 12 more years. When you have somebody oh, trying... Uh, well, yeah.
2: <laughs> a little absurd. But, you I know, think- we don't... Um, if for the Americans who do not travel outside of America, they do not get much of a world view on what's taking place here. And... You know, I mean, I'm in other countries, and I'm a proud American, but I can tell you, boy, American embarrassed the hell out of me. In fact, I wasn't even invited with a group of friends because initially I voted for Trump. So I'm now fluctuating from that. You know, things change. But they were, you know, she, she was so afraid that it would create, you know, some awkward or bad moments. If, um, you know, everybody... It was... Um, oh, I, no, I think get it. it was the party before Trump was elected because I was in Australia then.
1: Yeah. I think something that people... American politics has always been partisan, but Trump has 27 false claims in four minutes. Let's just pull it up. Um, outright, outright lies. But essentially, uh, I think the the divide that he's caused concerns me and something my dad said to me, it's something that, um, as a foreigner, I'm going to say to you guys in, uh, no, that was the total of the thing. Um, when people, when people tell you what they're going to do, like when they say 12 more years, believe them during world war two, uh, Hitler made every claim and said he was going to do what he did so did Mussolini, uh, so did every dictator, so did Putin. Every dictator that has ever happened started out in a democratic country and people relied on a piece of paper, just a piece of paper, and the government didn't back them. When you have someone like Barr, who is now going after Trump's accusers, Trump got accused of raping a woman and the American justice system is now suing her. Not Trump's personal attorneys, the American justice system. The American attorney general is now suing her. Uh, Bill Barr on Trump's behalf I don't see how that's possible unless she's lying Google it, no she's not, Google it Uh, Bill Barr is also the one That has said uh, We could definitely extend Trump's terms The Attorney General Currently is breaking the law repeatedly For Trump, you can Google this The fact that this is happening And people aren't um, And I'd tell everyone to Google it (laughs) Just from a foreigner's Perspective, when someone tells you Who they are believe them so if you like what he's telling you if you like him saying 12 more years if you like him saying um, we need to arrest and imprison the democrats, if you like him saying we need to gas the protesters if you like these things then vote for him, if you don't like these things, don't make excuses believe him, so that's something my dad said, when someone tells you who they are believe them, because a piece of paper will
2: never protect you a lot of people are worried about the economy, and Trump actually would probably be the better one to get us out of the debt we're in.
1: Actually, that he, he created out, a lot of it. He, I agree. He created the debt. You guys came out ahead, and he actually sank the economy. I know, and the but reason we've the economy is
2: back together.
1: You do, and unfortunately, the big problem with that is he took out federal loans from the government to keep the uh, uh, what call it to keep the. Uh, Stock market afloat, Mm -hmm. so he is in. Yeah, no, 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 not the businesses, the actual stock market. He just bailed out Wall Street. So you have a, I think it was a hundred trillion dollar debt that's been added on from Trump in the last six months, and before that, he'd already added on to artificially inflate the stock market after he'd shut down relationships with all your trade partners. So you can Google all this stuff, guys. But if you again, if you like him,
2: thinking that.
1: Obama did borrow tr- trillions of dollars also from China. No, he didn't. He, he did not. So what, Trump, what Obama did <clears throat> was he took a trillion dollar loss on a trade deal with China that increased America's trade. That's what most presidents do when they don't actually borrow money. They take trade losses. Trump took money from the Federal Reserve and put it in the stock market. That's actually illegal, but you can Google that. Still a different thing. So when people talk about presidents gaining or losing money, how do you, I I never understood. We learned this stuff in school in Australia. Um, We learned about the American stock market. It's pretty weird, but you can Google all this stuff. Um, You will, I can tell you 10 good things about Trump. I really can, but I can tell you 10 bad things about Biden. It doesn't really matter. What's important is that you vote and please don't let the post office get pulled down. That's really important. That should not be happening (laughs) at all. That's horrifying that, that uh, people are trying to interrupt your vote. So I, mm. my, co- my normal co-host, Paul, is uh, voting for Trump. Um, I'm, of course, going to be voting for Biden. And you, whoever you are, whoever's listening, vote for Probably Mickey conscience. Mouse, but go on. Yeah. Vote, vote your yeah. conscience. Vote for what you believe in, not because it's your party, but because you've researched and you like their policies and you like who they are. And you want them to represent America to the whole world. And I absolutely
2: agree with you. Because I don't think you need to vote by the party. I feel you vote for the person.
1: I agree with you one hundred. That's probably why I feel that way. You raised me. Uh, (laughs) Mm. When we come back, we are going to be on with our very special guest now that we've gone completely political. And we didn't even talk about Brad Pitt's polyamorous relationship, which is what I wanted to focus on. Damn. (laughs) Um, (laughs) that That would be the fun part. All right, next week we'll talk about Brad Pitt's polyamorous relationship, the girl, her husband, Brad Pitt, and all of the weirdness there, which is more common in uh, Hollywood than you think. Google Adam Driver. Uh, he's hot, and also there's a whole lot of weirdness there. When we come back, we're going to be on with our very, very special guest, Landon. He is a TikTok star with 2 million followers, and personally, he'd, I, I love him. We'll be right back after this.
0: listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes.
1: G'day, g'day guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. And since we have focused on Politics, religion, race. Please come back. We'll do something fun now. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out uh, to Silver Nickel Cabin. That's where I stayed when I was going to Tombstone. I know you all were asking about it. I've got photos up online. It's a lot of fun. Tiny Bubbles Hair Salon in Palm Springs, California. I miss you. I want to be red carpet ready again. Save me. We have giveaways this week from Off-Road Rentals in Palm Springs, California. And True true Rest, Sedona and Las Vegas. So I'm going to ask you two questions. And if you answer one of them right, you get a choice of a float anywhere at True Rest Spas and, or a ride at Off-Road Rentals in Palm Springs, California. And a quick shout-out, thank you to Scott Haskin for that fantastic intro music. I always feel like it's epic. We're on with my co-host, our, my very special guest co-host today, my mum, Patti H. Yes, we've got her social media up to everyone on Twitter. Alexis is doing that now, right, Lex? And our very special guest, Landon. He's a social media influencer from Miami, Florida. He's got 2 million followers. He is absolutely funny as hell, and I like his stuff. So we're going to be talking to him today. G'day, Landon. Welcome to the show. Oh yeah, he's cool. hello. Mm-hmm. Now I have to tell you, Landon is my brother's name, so it's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> really? right, yeah he's
2: I was being so original, I thought, you know, and uh, <laughs> then all of a sudden a bunch
1: of Landons have popped up. Mom, they were there before him. I keep telling you. She thought she invented it because mother's know. name was Lorraine. And so she she kind of added it to Brandon. And then a bunch of people had it. So she's she's kind of mad about the whole thing. Then again, she named me Summer, so I sound like a stripper. I don't know. Um, you, know Wilkins- you, sound like, you sound like a uh, 60s flower
2: child.
1: Most people now yeah. think stripper, Mom. Just FYI.
2: Oh. No, that, that, no, I, I would have named you Trixie then.
1: Oh, my God. Mom, <laughs> they think I was a hooker. You get a timeout. Um, Landon, <laughs> can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself while my mother and I misbehave?
3: Uh, yeah. Um, so, basically, I'm a social media kid, and I'm a prankster is what I'm known as. So, I just basically prank people around my house, friends, family, anyone who's around. It's dangerous to be around me. Yes, yeah,
2: uh, yeah, yeah I saw so those
3: clips.
2: <laughs> they're hysterical. They're really funny and oh, they're I- quite clever. You're, you know, thanks. Done a great job with that, and very entertaining.
1: It really is, and I got to say, you kind of got me through COVID. You've got me through quarantine. Um, but, but my my friends and family don't thank you because I've tried to, you know, I I thought I was funny, I wasn't just FYI <laughs> to everyone listening don't recreate these they don't people want, it's not funny when you do it it's only funny when he does it I've been told this by my assistant a lot um, really so, so Landon what made you get into TikTok
3: when you started Um, you know so to be honest with you um, back when back in the day when Vine was a thing I kind of dabbled with that and then that disappeared and then just went, went about like a normal life you know going to school doing all that and then when uh, TikTok came out, one of my cousins had a video that hit like 20,000 views and for me I was like, oh my gosh it went viral and I watched the video and I was like that's a horrible video, I can do that way better <laughs> and then it started <laughs> well, as a competition <laughs> and yep, it, it works So, and then of course you get like a little endorphin rush when you go viral and that was enough to keep me posting.
1: Oh yeah, fame's a drug, hardcore drug worse than heroin, I know people that have given up yeah. heroin it's a lot me. of work. It is. I'm just saying, Robert Downey Jr. gave up heroin for fame. Just saying.
3: Wow. Yeah,
2: well, <laughs> fame is better.
1: Yeah, it is.
2: You know, but it's a lot of work. I mean, I don't think people really realize what's involved in trying to put these clips together and come up with different ideas and, you know, just getting it done. Because you still have to oh, you yeah, know, get through your everyday uh, thing.
3: Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a battle to try to have things to post all the time because social media, unlike other forms of media, they're relentless. They, they're they an unquenchable thirst. They want you to have content every single day to entertain them versus, like, if you're, say, a musician, you get to release an album a year, or an actor, you get to be in one or two movies a year, or whatever it is you do. Social media, like I said, they have to have something every day. Otherwise, they're going to lose interest in you. 100%. Yeah. I've worked in...
2: How do you feel about the ones that start out and then say,
3: stay tuned for part two? Um, you know, it's a good, it's a good ploy to get followers, of course. So, I mean, mainly, very rarely do they actually run out of time to where they need to tell you, come back for part two. But I mean, it's great because you can, I've done one or two of those and I think I've gone up maybe like 50,000 followers overnight from one of those. So I think it's great for the influencer. Oh. horrible for the audience, though.
1: My my mum is only mm. saying that because she hates them. Like she hates. It's called what's in the boxing in Hollywood. It's like at the end of a, a show, or at the end of a season, it leaves you on a cliff cliffhanger. My mom hates, like what's in the box, hates it. Yeah, oh, yeah. I want to yeah. know. I want to know everything. I know. <laughs> right there, <and> there. Um, <laughs> I know. Uh, Landon, can I get you to ask two questions about yourself and about your TikTok to the audience? And I'm going to do our free giveaway based on you. So they've got to go into your videos and find that information if they want our giveaways today. So you've got two questions to ask the audience.
3: Okay. Pick the so what was my first video? Let's see. What was my first video that broke a million views about? Okay. Or who was the star of my first video that broke a million views? Okay. So That's answer
1: one.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, and then let's see. For the second one. Let's see here. What's my most viewed video?
1: Oh, answer that. You guys know how to find me on Twitter because you're currently abusing me about my political views. Thanks for that. Uh, So right in there. Oh, good. We're already getting answers. Um, So right. Thanks, guys. So right in there. And the first person to get those right, one or the other, uh, we will give you a choice of a ride at Off-Road Rentals in Palm Springs, California, or a rest at True Float, Sedona, Las Vegas. I think I've also got some makeup and a whole bunch of shit to give away. I'd like to remind everyone every time we swear, we give money away to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and free MMA. We swear because we care. Um, we had to do that. It's called the Sean Patrick Flanerty Rule. He was on the show. He's from like Gotham and the Boondock Saints. He said the F word 72 times in 30 minutes. So we had to kind of incentivize wow. the swearing. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> There's nothing
3: wrong with that. Mouth.
1: Yeah. So. What's been the uh, the most exciting part of being on TikTok for
3: you? Um, you know, I would probably say getting recognized um, and ra- like randomly is fun. You know, if I go into like you know Walmart's or things like that, or Targets or any any superstore for the most part, or even just walking down the street, kids will recognize me and come up and ask for pictures and stuff. Airports, and that's that's pretty entertaining because when you're behind yeah. the screen, yeah. it's just numbers. And then yeah. you actually see them in person. It's it's a whole new experience.
1: What's the uh, hardest? Thing? So I'd say that's
3: my favorite.
1: I can see. Yeah, I can see that. What's the hardest thing? What have you found to be the hardest thing, Alexis? I'm trying to get on the other one, and I'm locked in here. Sorry, I need my assistant because technology just beat me up.
3: <coughs> um, yes. Yeah, so I would say the hardest thing, honestly, is just is um, coming up with the ideas coming up with the ideas all the time. And then, of course, uh, it's always difficult when other people take your ideas and their videos perform better than yours do or something like that. Because that's a... In social media, it is the world of stealing ideas. Yeah. yeah. That
1: happens ideas. to me with movies. That's how to me, to me with films. Where I'm like, okay, we're on really? this project, but another project comes out with the same concept. I'm like, I am so fucked. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's... That, 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 that's the absolute worst. So what was the one moment, I'm going to look over here. Uh, What was the one moment while you were involved in uh, social media that you kind of turned around and went, this is what I want to do. And where do you want to go from here? Like, what's your next step?
3: So, um, I would say, honestly, I was, I was going to college at the time and I've never been really studious, like, uh, didn't do so hot in high school. And then of course went on to college and actually tried a little bit, did better, And, um, of course I still didn't love it. And I was just sitting there making these videos. And of course, like I was saying, you get a little high from, from going viral. You get a million views. You're really excited. And then of course, after that, I was like, you know what, this is what I'm doing. I find myself wasting six hours a day doing this one hour a day on school. And then fortunately, unfortunately, but fortunately for my predicament, COVID hit. And then that allowed me actually to stay at home, make these videos, interact with people. that we're also doing it. And we just kind of started blowing up, started catching fire. Okay. And then, and then as far as moving forward, I mean, obviously you make right now I'm doing short form. I'm getting into longer form content, you know, making YouTube videos. I'd love to eventually have my own TV show at some point in time. And then I also have a podcast as well that I do weekly. So it's oh, it just, me just me kind me. of, kind you of to diversify the
2: audience. Hmm. Are you concerned at all that, uh, they're fluctuating on whether they're buying out TikTok or not. I mean, we have an American company trying to buy it, um, um, but yeah, it so could get banned.
3: Yeah, as far as that goes, I know they're removing it from the App Store on Sunday, and then we have until November 12th for a U.S. company to, like, step in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really too concerned about it, because I think it's just, like, a the, like, ban and everything. I think it's a scare tactic to try to drive down the price. Um especially removing it from the app store. I think it's a scare tactic. Um, I don't think it's actually going to go anywhere. However, it's very, it's not very fun for brand deals because brands aren't really interested in, in purchasing advertisements from influencers where the application that their, uh, ads are going to go on might potentially get banned or restrict new audiences.
1: I, I will say from an advertising perspective, um, the, uh, trying to ban it and saying people can't download it is actually phenomenal advertising. The best way to get people to want something is to tell them they can't have it. I'm just saying.
3: Oh yeah. Uh, so For, from a, a TikTok
1: perspective. Encourage that.
3: Yeah. They're coming out on top on that. They're uh, I'm sure they're going to have the most downloads you could possibly imagine in the next few days.
1: Oh yeah. Um, oh my God. So I'm, um, I have to interrupt this. This just happened. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg just died. <gasps> So that, that oh. is depressing as holy hell. So that now we, oh my God, please don't let Trump feel that. The one thing I asked her to do, not die. This is just not the year, damn it. Okay, so liberal me is going to curl into a ball and suck their thumb. Um, <laughs> shit. This isn't good. Uh, so for you, has COVID caused kind of an uptick in your following?
3: For sure, for sure it was. So it was, um, it just allowed me to stay at home, make my videos. And of course, it also had other people staying at home to watch the videos. So it allowed allowed me to definitely take off a little bit more. And of course, like I said beforehand, I was in college, so I was splitting my attention and I was working and, and doing all that stuff. And then fortunately, throughout the course of COVID for me, my followers started going up. I started to make some money from it and was able to kind of stop what I was doing and, like, fully pursue this.
2: Landon, where do you think mm-hmm. your skills now will take you in the future? Now, you know, you've done well. You've obviously, you negotiate, you know, the computer well, and you're on social media. Uh, what do you see that turning into in the future, if I may
3: ask? So, um, obviously, like, short-term, and short-term would be, like, the next, two to five years. We're looking at uh I'll probably be like I said on other platforms diversifying my own personal audience. And of course now I understand like what makes the video viral, like attention spans, watch time, editing tricks, things like that. Mm-hmm. I know how to do all that. Yes. But I'm gonna use that for personal gain <laughs> right now. And then of course down the line after I completely understand navigating this landscape that we're in now, I'll be moving into probably starting bless- my own companies and and using that platform yeah. that I established to push those companies.
2: Oh, I think that I like was that. great. I, I'm just really kind of laughing at it though, because uh, oh, now I forgot my train of thought. Never mind.
1: Well, that <laughs> something just you sounds said, insulting. Just yeah, it was something he said. Okay, ah. I was like, yeah, uh, thanks. The attention span's gone. ADHD is kicked in. Oh, um, that's what no, it was wh- about. It was attention span. Because people can,
2: you know, they can last 15, you know, seconds or 20 seconds.
1: So <laughs> my everything. mom is the perfect audience for TikTok. She has about a 15 to 20 second attention span. Um, what, yep. would, what advice would you give? <laughs> we have people on, uh, on on Twitter asking what advice you would give to have uh, people watch their videos. What grabs the video's attention?
3: So I would always say for if it's like short form content, right? Like if it's on um say like TikTok or Instagram, something like that, always start with something that grabs your attention immediately. Whether that like I'm a prankster, so typically I'll put the reaction first and then I'll show you the setup and then that's a looping platform, Instagram and TikTok, so it'll loop around and you'll see the like the outcome again. So I always grab your attention that way. However, when it comes to like say YouTube, anything like that, always attention grabbers work, but also try to cut out as much dead space as possible, right? So like as a normal oh, person yeah. will talk, they'll have they'll have dead space in what they say. They'll pause. So mm-hmm. from an editing perspective, try to cut that out because you're going to you're going to actually lose the interest of what whatever you're saying people are going Absolutely. to lose interest of because of those pauses.
1: I couldn't see that. Now So to just, you- just try
3: to go ahead. I'm sorry?
1: Oh, I have like 5,000 questions here for you, and then one about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Somehow I'm just saying wow. to everyone, he's awesome, but this is very disproportionate. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Landon, what, uh, what do you think the most difficult part of keeping up with trends and being on TikTok is? Guy, I, I'm going to have to work with you on spelling this here. This guy's name's Jess. I'm going to give him a spelling lesson real quick while you answer that.
3: Okay. Yeah. So the, um, I feel like the most difficult part of keeping up is just getting there first. You know, if you see something and you want to do it, you have to do it almost immediately. Like there is no, there is no, I'll do it tomorrow. There is no, I'll do it in like five hours. You have to jump on it immediately. And especially when it comes to like working with other influencers and things like that, everyone moves extremely fast in this field. So you have to be on point at all times. Willing to do whatever is necessary at that moment. There is no breaks and there is no waiting till tomorrow, which is kind of difficult.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: What so is procrastinating? Well, you're
2: lucky you off, can get, get all limits. these people. You're lucky you can get these people to work with you doing that because you're putting, you know, some. You're tricking them. <laughs> you're <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah.
1: she's watching your video. I told I'd like you to know that. Um, this is just, this is why she's so distracted. Now, for you, I know you have a lot of fans. I've talked to your fans. Um, they've been, you know, I've, I've, I've interacted with them on your TikTok. What has been the biggest, the biggest thing you've learned from your fans?
3: Um, I have learned what kind of stuff they like and what they don't like. So I know... Um, I know when they like what like I know they've loved pranks. That's why I do so many pranks. I've learned they like monologues and stuff like that a little bit less. And uh for the most part what's what's always been surprising to me I've learned uh, like the videos have actually helped a lot of people through difficult things, which is a very strange thing from my end cuz I just I make the videos, hope they do well and that's just kind of what I do, but I've I've learned a lot about actually helping people and caring about people a little bit more and what the struggles they're going through cuz I get a lot of DMs saying like they're, my videos help them through a tough time, which is, is crazy to think about.
1: I, I can actually oh, say absolutely. that. We've lost, yeah, we lost uh, a, a lot of family this year and a lot of friends. And I, I've been going to watch your videos to get through it. So that's just on a personal note. Um, one question we've got. I'm going to ask one more question. Then we're going to go through social media so everyone here can find you. Last question. What's the biggest fuck up you've had on social media? Biggest thing you regret? This kid's fifteen. I'm gonna have a word with him about his language.
3: Oh, oh let's my see. god! Yeah, the biggest such biggest fuck up that I've had. I would say, um, I would say in the in the early stages before I knew how much your your content could actually get out there, I definitely had some issues uh, drinking a little bit too much and then being uh, on camera. So I definitely fucked up with that. Um, I get that. So if you, if you search hard enough, you'll find a couple of drunk videos of me, which I've learned along the way. People love to watch you drink, but they do not like to get you or do not like to see you drunk. So that would, yeah. be, I would say would be my biggest mistake. I'm,
1: I'm totally finding those videos. Just FYI. I am now interested in this. Go for that it. is my new question. The I'm just, I'm
3: going to direct <laughs> you to them.
1: Perfect. Uh, where can everyone find you besides TikTok? Obviously we're going to put up a link to your TikTok. but where else can they find you on social media?
3: Oh, yeah, you can find me pretty much everywhere. uh, I'm Landon, and that's my handle on everything, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. So you can find me everywhere. And then, of course, I have a podcast out called Virality, which is on, you know, Spotify, iTunes. And I pretty much interview other influencers and find out all the magic that goes on behind the scenes of their biggest viral videos.
1: That's really cool. See, now I want to do viral videos.
3: Actually, the biggest thing I worked on was yeah.
1: Guardians of the Galaxy. That pays better. I think I'm going to stick to that for a bit. But Well, I will Summer, say, you can do the vi- viral videos with me. Okay, I'll do that with you. Um, I will say, though, okay. for everyone listening, my whole job is to take bets on what's going to get big, and I can tell you the internet is going to swallow up the entire entertainment industry. We are watching the death of the blockbuster. We are watching the end of film, and I'm under contract to Paramount still, so I'm not even allowed to say that, so I didn't say it. Let's pretend that didn't happen. Um, Landon, of
3: course,
1: of they you have the anymore. Pardon,
3: Landon? And they just don't have the attention spans for those two-hour movies anymore.
1: Nope. And we are spending way too it. much money on movies that aren't so good anymore. I mean, yay, Paramount yeah. makes the best stuff ever. Um, we're totally getting what? sold. <laughs> no, we're not. I'm kidding. That was a bad joke. Don't get me in trouble. <laughs> uh, thank you very, very much for being on the show. Uh, Mum, thank you for being my special guest co-host today. And for everyone asking, Oh, my that, I'm gonna pleasure. Do, I'm going to do a quick wrap-up. Usually I do the wrap-up with Landon, but because, I mean, Ruth Bader Ginsburg dying is a huge thing. For the little kid that's like 12, you're not supposed to be listening to this show. For God's sake, it's 18 and older. Uh, but you asked, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was a Supreme Court justice. She was a liberal icon. She was 87. She was a second woman um, put on the Supreme Court. And she's really, really incredible. She's one of the people... Uh, who really kind of hold on to women's rights, hold on to minority rights. So she's a huge loss and we are so screwed. Um, I'm going to put up a link to that. Landon, is there anything you want to say to everyone before we are done today?
3: Uh, That's pretty much it. You guys know where to find me and uh, yeah, go check me out.
2: Well, thank you so much for sharing everything with us. Now I will look at, I have looked at some of yours. Uh, but, you know, they go through so fast when you're watching yeah. Uh, TikTok.
1: Yeah, I stalk that, him. Um, so I, I, like, follow him. So Yeah.
3: So, well done, Very cool, Landon. All right, you guys. Thank you for having me on.
1: Thank you so much for being on the show. Mom, thank you for co-hosting with me today. Um, for the f- five people have asked me who Ra- Ruth Bader Ginsburg is, but you guys know who Landon is. Yes, he's more entertaining. But seriously, Google Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Come on, people. Um, Landon is phenomenal. His stuff is funny and I see a really bright future for him. And you all know me. My bets are never wrong. I'm Summer Helene. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you to my very special co-host, my mum Patty H and our very special guest, Landon. We're going to put up links to his social media. Watch a few of his videos. Hmm? They're already up. Apparently my assistant's yelling at me in the background and we'll see you guys next week. Good night.